You know, I was thinking about hope. Uh, I've been thinking about it this week and what story I might tell. And then what was interesting to me, in a very small way, you can catch glimpses of hope in little and big ways in your life. But as I was sitting up here and things went dark in the back and the look of something went across the, uh, the, the, tech, the tech team's faces, first consternation perhaps, then abject uncertainty, followed by sheer terror, and then they came out from behind the tech station and, uh, you know, Mark Hayes, my good friend, waved at me. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't know what we were waving about, uh, you know. Uh, so he waved at me again and it was like, <laughs> so I went back there. And they already had a solution. They just needed to know where the fuse box was. I go in the side room and Nate is already pulling a cord. We're going to you know, uh, alternatively run power from somewhere else. And, you know, when we think about hope, I think oftentimes we think it's just optimism, that everything will work out. But actually for hope to come into being, you have to be working for the good even if you don't think it's going to work out. You engage the world whether you think it's going to work out or not. Every once in a while I say to myself, you know, global climate change is happening. It's happening all the time. You can say whatever you want to say about it, but it's happening. Uh, but if I do anything about it, it's not going to make any difference. Just me. I need to convince somebody big to do something about it. Somebody like a government or uh, the universe or some other global thing, you know. Uh, maybe chat with the earth and say, listen, could you be a little bit more forgiving? You know, I don't want to go back to the volcanic or ice age kind of thing. Is it possible? You know, but... If I think I, it's not worth doing anything good, I won't. And neither will anybody else. And that little bit that I might have been able to do, you know, I hear people tell me, one person will not make a difference. Well, that's absolutely true. But if every one of us is the one person who says, I'm not going to do anything, then well, nothing will happen. Hope is when we decide we're going to do the good thing, even if it's just us doing the good thing. Everybody else is breaking in line somewhere. We're not breaking in line. Everybody is pushing someone else out of the way or walking around someone who's moving slower and we're just going to stay behind because, you know, they just move at a different speed than we do. We can choose to do the good and that's what hope really boils down to. I want to share with you a word. It's all Isaiah. Apparently this month it's all Isaiah all the time, every day, every moment. Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah. And so I have got some Isaiah for you today and I printed it so it would be big enough for my eyes to actually see. Always a helpful reality, um, even though I'm wearing my glasses. So this is Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. A shoot shall come out of the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge, and the awe of the Lord. His delight shall be in the awe of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he will judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips 
He shall kill the wicked. That's the one part. It's just a tough little moment there. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid. The calf and the lion and the fatling together and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. The young shall lie down together and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp and weaned child shall put his hand in the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on my holy mountain for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations shall inquire of him and his dwelling shall be glorious. This is a word of the Lord for today. Thanks be to God. You know, a beautiful image uh, is the Jesse tree. I don't know if you've ever heard that image. It's a Christmas image. Uh, in fact, originally, one of the images of the evergreen was that of a Jesse tree. The idea that out of something that appears to be dead might come something new. A stump of a tree and a shoot comes out. Now, if I want a tree to grow back, it's not going to happen. But if I have cut back a tree because it's in my way, you better believe that bad boy is going to come back and come back and come back and come back. And until I grind its roots into nothingness, it is going to keep coming back because it springs eternally and life finds a way to win. And it seems to me that is what hope comes down to in some ways, that life finds a way to come out on top. You know, how many times have you been for a walk on a sidewalk that was so perfectly poured some time ago only to find in one crevice life has sprung up? A piece of grass or a little uh, weed. It doesn't know it's a weed. It thinks it's supposed to live and grow. What would it be like if you and I lived that kind of way? I'm supposed to live and grow. I'm supposed to live and grow with all of these other livers and growers all around me. What would it look like if our life was lived in that kind of positive spirit where we engaged the good even when all around us it seemed like bad was happening? What would it look like if we actually believed that out of that stump that looks dead, something good might come? The prophet Isaiah was writing this to a people who was in exile. The prophet Isaiah was writing it to a people who didn't see hope anymore. The promised land was gone from them. It was over. If you don't know who Jesse is, Jesse was David's dad. David who became king over Israel. The one who was the man after God's own heart. Jesse. The Jesse tree. So the line of David is seen as coming from Jesse. And even though it appears to be a stump, even though the promised land is gone from these people in exile, there is a hope that out of that stump will spring new life. And you see, for us holding on to the promise and hope of new life is important. 
It can shape the way we live our lives. It can shape the way we live into Christmas. You see, we as followers in the path of Jesus look at Christmas as a time where God said, you know, life is going to win. Life is going to win. I know it's going to win because I'm going to get in there. Now, I may have been in there since the Big Bang 14.7 billion years ago when I spoke my word and that word became everything that is. But I'm going to speak it in a very specific way. I'm going to violate my own law and I'm going to make an image of myself. And that image will be born in a manger in a backwoods town in the middle of nowhere to a people who have hope, but it's hanging by a thread. The word of Isaiah became the word that our forebearers as followers in the way of Jesus looked at and said, Isaiah got it. Isaiah got it. He pictured that hope would rise out of nothingness. That people would do what is right. That people would be able to be good because of this son. Because of this Christ that lives amongst us even now. You and I can choose. Or choose not. But this season doesn't have to be about how much you can consume. And I'm talking about food-wise, although, you know, today we're going to suspend that. It's, it's a Sunday, you know, that's a resurrection day. So we're going to suspend that, and if you want to consume some chili of various kinds. And I saw there was, you know, initially I was thinking, I wonder if there's going to be any cookies. And yes, there's cookies of various kinds. I, you know, don't mix them together, or maybe you like them mixed together, I don't know. But, you know, uh, consume them, enjoy them, be happy with them, engage with them, consume. But don't let this season fool you it is not no matter what the commercials tell you about what's on sale and what you have to have for tomorrow you do not have to consume in order to be alive in fact to be really alive you need to engage with life want to go to the mall Go to the mall and help somebody carry their packages. Now, I, you see, in today's world, I don't know that anybody's going to let you help them carry their packages because they're going to think you're trying to take their packages. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Let me, here, let me hand you my packages. Yeah, there's only a couple of thousand dollars worth of product in here. What kind of product? Oh, sure, I'll help you carry that. Uh, whoops, I've got to turn here. The, the truth is, you can make this season good by living into it with more hope, by, by doing the good in spite of what anybody else may do around you, in spite of whoever pushes you out of the way, you don't have to push back. Despite whatever anybody says, you know, I know that every year we have this ongoing conversation about whether there's this really battle for Christmas. If it's only in the words that you say, and you're going to get so ticked off by the words you say, Merry Christmas, Happy Holiday, you know, hope you have a good day. If you're going to get so ticked off about which one of those words are used, you've missed Christmas altogether already. It's gone. Who cares which words you use? It wasn't even originally called Christ Mass, mass the Christ Mass, until around the 8th or 9th century. 
for the first 900 years, nobody said Happy Merry Christmas. First of all, because there was no English. <laughs> so if you're really, really going to get uptight about the words we're going to use, just tell somebody, I hope you find love this season. I hope you find joy this season. I hope you find hope this season. And if you haven't found it, come on down with me to my church at St. James where we dispense hope every week for at least a few minutes or try. The truth of the whole Christmas miracle is it happened without, you know, it's, it's that moment in the Grinch when the Grinch is on top of the mountain <laughs> and he's looking down waiting for all the who's to come out and be depressed because all their stuff is gone and they start singing. And he begins to question to himself, how did it come? It came without baubles and decorations and presents under the tree and without all of the hooberry, dewberry, screwberry things. I don't know what they're called. Whatever rhymes. Dr. Seuss just makes that stuff up. <laughs> Christmas will come whether there's anything under your tree or not, even if you don't have a tree. I know that's a sacrilege. I said that out loud. We will have a tree. But the truth is, Christ is already here. And in this season, all we're trying to do is recognize it more. Not get distracted by all the baubles and bangles and boobles and beads. But to really see that in a backwards place that nobody had heard of, or very few, God snuck in. Because God wants to ambush us. Because as long as we're in our right minds, we're going to keep God at a distance. Love is risky. It's scary. And the only way God gets in is one day we're just not paying attention and wow. Love is everywhere. Love is all around. We just have to open our eyes to see it and then engage it. And do the good, which brings the hope into the world. Do good, whether anybody else is doing it or not. So I was thinking, as, uh, as I was thinking about this Jesse tree, and as I was thinking about the seed that holds the promise of the future. You know... How many of you plant bulbs in your yard knowing that they just look like bulbs, but in the spring there's going to be tulips or flowers of some kind? How many farmers plant seeds with the hope that later on there will be a harvest? And all they put into the ground is some little tiny thing. That's what you and I are. Seeds of promise in this season. Christ was the original seed of promise and in each of us that seed of promise has the opportunity to spring up you can make it spring don't let this season rob you of hope now I was thinking about it I was thinking about all the ways I get robbed of hope I do my very best not to watch the news anymore because it robs me of hope and I especially 
There are several channels I will no longer ever watch. MSNBC or Fox News, because neither one is news. <laughs> I will choose to consume news in a careful, unsiloed way. I don't want to just read the things that agree with me. But I also want to be careful how much. The 24-hour news cycle pushes all of our buttons. There's always breaking news. I remember sitting in the hospital with my uh, mom while my dad was having surgery. This was six years ago. And uh, it was down in Norfolk. I didn't even hear about it here in Northern Virginia, but down in Norfolk, a, a helicopter, a naval helicopter had gone down and some folks were lost in the water. Ultimately, they found them and got them to the hospital and all those good kinds of things. But in the interim, there was breaking news. Only there was breaking news at 8 and 9 and 10 and 10.30 and 11 and 11.30 and 12 and 12.30. And, and there was no new news. I don't know what's breaking about news that's not news anymore. That's not breaking I want to hear an update. What happened? Where are, you know, well, a helicopter went down. I heard that. There's so much breaking news in the world. And maybe that's pretty serious breaking news. But, you know, I can only, you know, have so much breaking news before I'm on overload. You ever feel overloaded by all the things that are happening all the time, good and bad, but mostly bad? And it robs you of the hope that you could have. So if you had one of those little red dots, and I wanted to get you some, but I couldn't find only red dots, put one on your television set. Put one on your computer screen. One of those sticky red dots, you know. And just remember to consume with, <coughs> consume with care. Consume with care. Some marker that you put that says, all right, if I turn on this television, what am I going to watch? Because what goes in shapes your heart, whether you're really willing to admit it or not. The stuff you take in shapes the way you see. And it shapes whether you feel like you can do any good in the world anyway. Because it's so overwhelming. You can only do the good where you are right now. You can't fix all the problems somewhere else immediately. But you can start right where you are. You can make a difference right where you are. And that's what the hope of this season says. Why would God come in a person instead of just a blanket statement from the clouds? Why wouldn't, would God come in a human being it's because the hope of the future is in your hands and your feet and our hearts when we make a difference. God didn't choose to send an edict down, boom, that we all had to follow. God chose to have a baby born that grew into a human being, an adult who spoke words that you could choose to receive or not. Just like everywhere you go in your life, people will choose to receive what you say or not.
But that doesn't mean you've got to stop. You can stop loving. Stop doing the good. Because that's where the hope comes from. If God can work in a baby, God can work in you. If God can work in a man named Jesus, God can work in you and through you to change the world. So, don't give up hope. Don't surrender. And be careful in this season what you do consume. Don't let it rob you of the hope that this season is.